Tangier, the 4th of May, 1664. William Rayner watched Lord Teviot lead the 500 soldiers to their deaths. It would be easy to prevent the massacre, just gallop after the column and tell Teviot that more than 10,000 Barbary corsairs were lying in wait ahead, but he made no move to do so. A large amount of money was at stake, and that was considered far more important than the lives of mere warriors. Besides, Rayner had never liked Teviot. The man was a greedy fool, who should never have been appointed governor of Tangier in the first place. He glanced around him. Tangier had come to England as part of Queen Catherine's dowry, but it was a paltry place, a few winding streets huddled on a hill, rich with the scent of exotic spices, sun-baked manure, and the salty aroma of the sea. It was being fortified, in the hope that it would provide British ships with a secure Mediterranean anchorage, although personally Rayner thought the king should have held out for something better. Tangier's harbour was too shallow and too exposed, while the surrounding countryside was full of hostile moors. When the last infantryman had marched through the town gate, Rayner and his fellow scouts followed on horseback. Colonel Harley was in the lead, sullen and scowling as usual, while the impassive Robert Newell brought up the rear. All three were careful to keep their distance. They did not want to become entangled in the slaughter that was about to take place. Teviot's destination was a wood named Jews Hill, a place where corsairs often gathered to harry the town. The three scouts had assured him that it was safe that day, a good time to chop down some of the trees and make it more difficult for raiders to use in the future. The reality was that it had never been more dangerous. It was not long before the first sounds of battle drifted back on the hot, dusty breeze, the yells of men roaring an attack, and the spluttering crack of gunfire. Rayner, Harley, and Newell pulled up. Although Rayner did not care about Teviot, he'd always been uncomfortable with sacrificing half the town's garrison into the bargain. Harley and Newell had scoffed at his faint-heartedness, reminding him of the fabulous rewards they would reap when the deed was done. But he could not escape the conviction that the plan was unnecessarily brutal and that a less bloody way should have been devised to realise their master's plans. The first skirmish did not last long, and the British cheered when the moors turned and ran. Rayner stared hard at Harley. There was still time to stop what had been set in motion, to warn Teviot that the first attack was a ruse to lure him and his men deeper into the woods. But Harley ignored him. Oblivious to the peril, Teviot rallied his troops and led an advance up the hill. The British were jubilant at the enemy's flight, and it was clear they felt invincible. They walked a little taller in the wavering heat, the fierce African sunlight glinting off their helmets and weapons. Teviot was at their head, a tall athletic figure on his white horse. He looked like a god, although Rayner knew he was anything but. 
The governor of Tangier was a vain, stupid man, whose incompetence was matched only by his venality. The corsair commander timed his ambush perfectly, splintering Teviot's column into clusters. There was immediate panic. The British had been trained to fight in a specific formation and did not know what to do once their orderly line had been broken. Teviot did his best, bawling orders and laying about him like a demon. Grudgingly, Rayner admitted that for all his faults the man was no coward. The battle was short and brutal. Pikes and short swords were no match for ten thousand scything scimitars, and the British were cut down in ruthless hand-to-hand -hand skirmishing. Teviot managed to rally a few men at the top of the hill, where he mounted a brave last stand. But it was hopeless. 